0: Hi, I'm C Shangase, and this is SEO in 2023.
1: See what is your number one SEO tip for 2023?
0: My number one tip is basically using a test and learn approach to define business objectives. So this will help you gauge the true value of your SEO activities against business outcomes.
1: Now you also shared um a note with me before and you said that uh, most SEOs hate test and learns. So why do SEOs hate test and
0: learn? Quite simply because SEOs hate, I'd say as well, the reason why you do a test and learn approach is because you can forecast into the future and what works, what doesn't work. And what SEOs a lot of SEOs hate the most is or detest is doing forecasting. And uh <laughs> So there's a love and hate relationship between SEOs and forecasting.
1: Okay, okay. So SEOs just want to focus on tinkering, I guess, and uh, looking at the presence and seeing what kind of impact that that can have. I think I think many SEOs are quite experimental, and um, certainly maybe my generation of SEOs have grown up and experimenting with SEO as a as a fork of internet marketing, as an opportunity to to to, to bring in free traffic, as it were. In inverted commas but nowadays of course SEO is part of um, a marketing remit within large organizations and you have to treat it professionally and conducting test and learn and, and doing things like um, increasing conversion rates or customer satisfaction as a result of your tests can have a massive impact on bottom line so so so, so what tests? do you tend to recommend that SEOs
0: start with? What I would say is, before you even get to the test and learn approach, the the main thing that you need to do is, and this is for for in-house SEOs or be for agencies as well, you need to control your data. You need to get as much information as possible and warehouse it. So one of the key things is obviously a lot of us use Google Search Console, for instance, as SEOs, we all love, to use it, however, you only got sixteen months worth of data, unless you pipe it into an API in and warehouse it in Snowflake or BigQuery, which I highly recommend that you do. If your agency is not doing it already, please get them to do it. If you're not doing it in-house, it might be worthwhile for you to do. It. However, it is expensive. I do understand that to use like large warehousing uh, platforms, but what that means is is that you've got a lot more controllability of your of your data, and then once you've got that access, also including your keyword rankings as well. So just come back to that. With you know some large platforms, we all know them. Essentially, some of them actually only keep the information or data for your you know rank positions up to about say three years at most. Warehouse as much of that as possible. And the reason why you want to do this is when you run your models, the test and learn approach, you want to look at. Um, historic data on any changes that you made on a website and how that impacted performance. There's obviously, there's a lot of factors at play within SEO, Uh, there's algo updates that happen. However, if you've got historic data, you can lay that in and then when you actually use these machine learning algorithms that I recommend in a minute, you can actually uh, normalize against either the changes or algo updates. So you can see if you made a change on a particular section A category of your your website if that had an impact, like negative or positive, for instance. So that's what I would recommend you first do. Control your information, control your data first, and then that can allow you to set the scene for any sort of testing and learning approaches that you you put in play. So what's your
1: go-to piece of software that you use to number crunch that data? Because it's all very well having the data stored, but uh, you need to do something meaningful with it.
0: Forecast Forge. I'm not affiliated to them, but in a way, shape, or form, they don't pay me to say this. But Forecast Forge is really good in terms of actually helping you crunch all the data, the information. So you can basically input, you know, your variables in terms of what you want to forecast or have a look at and analyze using their machine learning sort of tools or platforms. And it's relatively cheap to actually purchase, so it's accessible. Uh, across you know seo team scale sizes so to speak
1: and, and also having a look at their website they've got their head headline saying machine learning powered forecasts in google sheets so they they obviously support google sheets there as well make it easy to, to sh- share things online you've mentioned that phrase machine learning many times now so what it, is it about machine learning that you can use in your test and learn approach and um yeah well what can seos learn from that
0: Look like, look like the thing about machine learning, people make it sound, you know, sexier than it actually is. What it is is just basically it's an algorithm that can predict certain patterns. And and that's all it is really. So when you're plugging in like two, three, four years or five years worth of data, say so you've kept, you know, GSC data up to five years, with that amount of time, that amount of span of information, uh, what the model can do is It can look at, you know, seasonality trends, monthly data and actually create something that's a lot more robust. So, you know, you can look at things that can help you create like a better forecast. For instance, like you can look at where you create like summer campaigns, you can put that into the model and it can show you what would that look like if you had to run the same kind of campaign next year. And you can also get, different bounds so you can get upper, medium, or lower bound. So I'm just talking very surface level over here in terms of like the capabilities of what you can do with the information, what you can also do as well, if you are a brand, it can give you like, you know, product launch outcomes. Um, so if you've launched either launched a product in the past, you want to launch a new one, you can use that modeling information because what machine learning is, is just learning what happened in the past and what might happen in the future, um, it can give you modeling information about what a product launch might look like, for instance. This can help you align your SEO activities, giving you a bigger picture kind of thinking across you know, your marketing planning with other activities that you might have running as well. So you could be running like a social campaign, out of home campaign, and how did SEO pick that up? And when you can lay in all the information from the past um, into a model, you can sort of see the outcome. And essentially, also when you are creating new pages, you can see how different sections of the website actually impacted uh, the overall sort of traffic, and this is really great if you are a product manager or someone that's working in house that wants to raise a business case. You can close to a lot of the models that I run uh, with my age with my agencies that I've worked with, and also clients that I've represented. We normally get about eight to seven uh, percent so confident um, ratio in terms of how accurate is a model to what it could potentially predict. Uh, So the more information you have in there and the more you teach the model or basically anomalize for certain information or data, for instance, um, such as COVID 2020, you can basically understand how the business might perform this year and the following year, even with what happened in 2020. Brilliant. Okay.
1: So... One of the first questions that I asked you, obviously, was where should SEOs go in terms of getting started with Test and Learn? And I understand completely your desire to to focus in on data and say, OK, let, let's start with that. Let's start with make sure that you've actually got a good historical record of all your data. Mm. You pointed out the fact that Google Search Console only keeps your data for 16 months or so, and you just can't rely on online tools like that to store everything that that you you require. Um, And then, obviously, machine learning. You talked about um, the fact that um, you can look at everything that's happened historically, and then perhaps use that to model um, what you could potentially do in the future. So is, is that where you start with your test and learn approach, do you take essential historical events that have happened in your business, maybe for example, Black Friday, some important days that have happened in the past, and to see what people do with different areas of your website and to try to improve that when it happens again in the future? Is that, is that a good place to start?
0: Yes, yes, it is. It is, Dave. So, you know, the most important thing is why I say test and learn is because you actually... What what you're doing is you're analyzing what you you collecting all the information that you have from from previous uh, activity from anything that happened in the past and you're layering that into any campaigns that were running during that period. So as you said, like Black Friday, it could be Valentine's Day, it could be Halloween, for instance. How did that impact your business? So you've collected all this information, and when you run your data through something like Force um, Forge. Is that you can effectively see, all right, what would have What you do with the models is you can play out scenarios, what would have happened if we didn't run any campaigns, what would happen, what did happen when we did run the campaigns, essentially. So, what that gives you is it can give you benchmarks for the future, for instance. So, you know, starting points, basically, if there was, say, like, less search volume for a particular term in 2020, and there's like an increase in demand by like 20% uh, in 2023, effectively, then you can sort of play that into your model as well. And you can say, right, basically we'll still see like an increase by an X amount of percent as well. What you can do, um, if you also gather a lot of information about your clients, competitors, or if you're a brand manager or a product manager about your competitors in general, you can use other third party tools such as similar web, plug that into uh, the data, have a look what the traffic results have been like historically and they have an API. It's a lot of enterprise tools, so I'm talking about your larger brands, larger organizations and agencies. You can also have a look at how they would have performed if they didn't run any campaigns during either you know very important um, events such as Black Friday, for instance. And when you are comparing either yourself against your competitors, against what you did and what could what you didn't effectively do, is you can actually. You can test out different scenarios of how things played out in the past, and then you can see what would happen essentially in 2023 when you are thinking about any campaigns that you want to run from an SEO point of view that's integrated with the rest of your marketing plans. So you've also talked about establishing confidence and 80%
1: likelihood that a particular test would actually win in the future. Why 80%? What's, What's so important about that level?
0: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So we, so we actually, I I ran this model consistently with with a couple of my clients uh, at a previous agency and essentially what the data was showing us is we would create a forecast and I would run that forecast alongside um, the actual results and it would be about 87% close to being uh, correct. Essentially there was about, you know, give or take. About a ten percent on each side, so either positive or negative, in terms of its accuracy, essentially. So what I mean by that is, say, if you predicted to have like a hundred clicks per month, it might say you have maybe a hundred and ten, or probably like ten percent less than that. Say like ninety, for instance, that would be like an actual um sort of traffic for a specific landing page or a keyword, for instance. So I would say that, you know. When I tested it across multiple clients, that's how I knew that the confidence of that model was about 87%. And the reason why I say this is if you are doing something similar and you're using something like Forecast Forge, if you're an agency, and this is where agencies actually have, I'd say, scale, is that if you run an agency, for instance, you can actually implement something like Forecast Forge across all your clients, across different verticals. And you can know that using seasonality data as well, using the machine learning algorithm, you can know that within a certain specific industry, your forecasts are about, say, it could be 80%, it could be 70%, for instance. You know specifically what the type of confidence level is. And when you do create those models and you pitch it to a client say, maybe it could be within the tech space or finance space, you say, look, we know after testing this on several clients, this model, that it could be about 70% correct, essentially. So it gives you the confidence to say, right, let's actually, we want to either t- take this on um, as, a, as a project or we might actually give it less weight. So so that's how I know how accurate, the, the accuracy of it, because it's what setting out across multiple, multiple clients, multiple sectors. If you are a person that is um, a product manager or you work in-house, an in-house SEO, the best thing you can do actually is to, it might be a bit more costly for you, no, but or you could use maybe a tool such as, you know, any SEO tool that, of your preference, that does have. You can um, name brands, and <laughs> that's, that's
1: okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: okay. Um, I'll say maybe SimRice, for example. Say you're using SimRice or similar web to have a look at your competitors' monthly traffic results or even or whatever. Taking the information, taking the data forward, and actually looking at what happened in the past, you can put that into your model put your own brand into the model as well. And you can see what the confidence is in terms of what actually happened on that. And then essentially when you are doing a business case, you can say, well, essentially looking at the industry where you've analysed by by doing this sort of like learning approach, you know that this modelling is going to be about it could be even less than 70%, it could be 50%, for instance, because maybe a particular sector or industry just doesn't have either seasonality data, maybe there's a lot of things that would have happened in the industry, for instance. It could be an industry that got, that got hit by maybe a medic update, for instance, so there's a lot of, you know, black swan events that need to be factored into the model as well. So so that's what I mean that, you know, that's why it's important to so test what happened in uh, in the industry, test what's happening to your competitors, collect all the information together. And then when you are making those decisions on how accurate the model is, is you have that historic information. Superb. Well, you
1: shared that SEOs need to be definitely keeping their historic data um, stored somewhere safe, using that data and actually using machine learning to power Test and learn to to learn from that his, those historic trends and hopefully improve what's happening in the future. But now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. So, what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? What's something that SEO shouldn't be doing in
0: 2023? <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that <laughs> should be doing in 2023, and and I think the main thing is is I'll say from an SEO point of view is basically overcomplicating things. You know, I'll give you an example. So you, you know when, a, when we create technical audits, there's a lot of things that we want to fix, right? However, like some things that we want to fix within a technical audit might not actually give us the right results. The guys at search pilots actually do this quite well and they run like SEO A, B tests. And essentially what that allows you to see is if you do make a change in a website, it can give you an idea of how that change actually impacted the performance of the website. Was it positive or was it negative? For instance, like in certain uh, sectors or certain websites, changing or fussing about the alt tag is basically, it doesn't make any sense sometimes. What the guys at Pilot found is it actually has a negative impact on certain websites. So optimizing that for a exact echo text match keyword could have an, a negative impact. So that's why I say, you know, keep things simple, focus on the main, the most important things for the business, focus on obviously you always hear this being said a lot, but good content that's specific to your market or your niche. And you're using things like the first-string score uh, to understand like the readability of that content for your particular topic or your niche, for instance. And then obviously, people always still think that links are dead. I mean, speak to the guys in Majestics and they'll, t- they'll tell you otherwise. Definitely focusing on good content marketing is, is still a really good thing to do. And I saw a lot of SEOs not really focusing on this as much and they're living they're leaving a lot of uh, Opportunity on the table Opportunities yeah to the competitors you know y- your website does exist out there in ether in the domain but you still need to you know to, to promote it and to tell people about it right um, and also create uh, engaging content that can do that for you
1: C-Shangasi is an independent digital consultant specialising in search measurement frameworks and digital transformation and you can find them over at c hyphen, c See, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. Thank you, Dave. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at SEOin2023.com.